This is episode 22 of the TAP with Chica Okoro. You guys ready? Let's go. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of the Think Alpha Project. This is, of course, your host, Valentine Wudo, and I'm very blessed to have you guys here join us week after week after week. This time, we have someone by the name of Chica Okoro, who, wow, it's got an interesting conversation here, and I'll start this with a quote, or more so a question. When was the last time trying to fit into someone else's mode got you far? And this is one of the questions to think about as we go into this week's episode with Chica. And Chica is, just so you guys know a little bit more about her, she's an executive and a public speaker. So first off, she went to Harvard for bachelor's. She got her MBA at Stanford. This girl's well-educated. She now works in brand management and consumer marketing. And her position is the head of consumer insights marketing at the company FabFitFun. And I know a lot of you guys out there, you guys probably subscribe today and get boxes every month. All right. And so she came, though, she has an interesting story. She became inspired from an interesting place. And uh, uh, you guys remember the movie Straight Out of Compton? So that co- that movie had a casting call, but the casting call there they expressed their standards of beauty, skin color, and size that labeled someone like her a D girl. Out of you know A, B, C, and D, and out of that she graced a TED Talk stage. For those of you who know what TED Talks are, and she did one. She did a TED. Um, she did a talk at TEDx Stanford, and it was called Confessions of a D-Girl. Of course, you can find that on YouTube. Just go to our show notes, thinkalpha.net forward slash 022, and you'll be able to see the link where she she does the TED Talk. All right, so now she, what she does now, uh, outside of being an executive, she speaks on stages. Now she works on her mission, which is focusing on uplifting and empowering young women of color. And this is so important. This is such a great conversation. Um, we get into her story about that, but more importantly, you guys will get towards the middle of the story. You guys will really love it. And without further ado, we're going to get right into the episode, and I bring to you guys Chica Okoro. All right, guys, we're back on another episode of the Think Alpha Project, and we have here this week the one and only Chica Okoro. Nice to have you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. No, I am so happy to be here. I'm so glad we got to reconnect a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And like yeah. the fact that we're able to help each other out like this, this mm-hmm. is really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we've been here for two hours already. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was cool because, you know, we got to really, really connect. So that's, yeah. that's what I appreciate about this, too. Um, but once again, like this is... I really appreciate this because I know you're busy. You know, you top notch, you know, Ivy League and top notching, big shotting. So <laughs> we're going to get right into it, though. I know you, that you have so much that you continue to do, so much that you've done already that I'd like for us to talk about. So what have you what would you consider your expertise? Like, how would you describe your expertise right now? Oh, that's a really good question. Um I would say it's a couple. One is consumer marketing. I spent my whole career in marketing. Nice. That's one. Um, two is, I'm just kind of like something that I've done as a hobby, want to do more. It's, um, you know, public speaking and speaking specifically on topics that yeah. um, can uplift and empower young women of color. So really trying to, you know, find more opportunities to really talk more about and spread more awareness around issues that affect us. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then you're also at uh, FabFitFun. Yes. Right. And then you are the, uh, I think I read the head of marketing. Yeah, head of is, consumer insights marketing. Consumer insights yeah. marketing. So, so like, what, what, what is that? What do, you, what do you mean when you say that? Yeah. So yeah. I'm in charge of knowing everything about who our customer is. So like, who is she? What does she like? What does she look like? How do we make sure that 
we are providing her the best experience possible. Mm. Everything from making sure we're putting the right stuff in the box, which is really important because before I came, we were super small, only like, you know, maybe under 300,000 members. And so it was easy for um, one of our co-founders, this woman, you know, a lot of our customers were just like her, look like her. 300,000 is small? Well, compared to where we are now. Wait, wait, where are you guys now? Now we're at almost 800,000. Oh, dang. So growing really quickly. Wow. But what I was saying, so before I came, before before my department started, Mm -hmm. I started that department, kind of she just kind of had a knack for what people like it was all you know women that look like her same age as her etc but now that we've expanded it's hard for just one person to know what's a product or what are the yeah, needs and for sure. um of everyone like our our boxes are all over the u.s and in canada and so my job is to really be that voice of the customer so when we're in the meetings of oh let's put this in the box let's put that in the box and i'm like uh you know, based on what we know about our customers, based on the data, based on the research I've done, I would think we need to include, you know, a wider variety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I try sure. to really be that voice. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So you do, so you're doing marketing, you're doing that. And then I um, also want to talk about really your, because I know that you did a TED talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember the, the, the title, well, I, I remember it being about colorism. Yep. Right. And so talk about that real quick. Talk about your experience or first off, what the talk is about. Sure. So um, the title is um, it's called Confessions of a D-Girl, mm-hmm. Colorism, um, like Colorism and Beauty in, in the U.S. And so um, and so I'll kind of I'll go back and I'll tell you how that whole thing yeah, came about. Because Usually people are like, wait, Chica, how did you like sign up to give a TED talk? <laughs> I actually need to know that. Yeah. And, so, um, and so the thing is, so that talk, it wasn't even kind of originally created for TED. So hmm. the grad school program that I was in, um, we have like a public speaking class. It's kind of like Toastmasters, if you yeah, I've heard of Toastmasters, yeah. where it was about 30 of us. And we all came up with different top talks on different topics. It could be on anything you wanted. And the professor, as well as all the other kind of like TAs or all the other aides in the class, are all professional public speakers. Either they've spoken at a TED conference or they're TED coaches, things like that. That's just an opportunity for us to develop our public speaking skills with the help of professionals. Um, And it's all about talking, how do you talk about something you're passionate about in a way that's accessible to others, kind of has a call to action, Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, public speaking principles. And so, and I think that's a really cool thing that um, my program offered. So even before I got wow. into that grad school, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like that's one of the reasons why I want to go to that school, like to have the opportunity to kind of develop a TED style like talk. And so I've always known I wanted to sign up for that class. Um, and I always knew that I was going to talk about something related to race or probably like race and gender. That's very important to me for obvious reasons. Right. And yeah. then, um, and so the, the beginning of the talk, I talk about the straight out of Compton casting call. Because that's, um, and so brief background. So I remember, I think, I think it was summer of 2015, Draft Content comes out. And I loved that movie. <laughs> I was obsessed. Because even though I'm not from yeah. Compton, just being from LA, right? So like, I'm from LA, so I'm like, yes, movie about us, about black people in exactly, LA. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I saw it in theaters three times. Like, I love that movie. Are you one of those movie goers? <laughs> I, I, lo- I loved it. And it was well done. It was actually a good movie. Right. So, um, so then I see online, <clears throat> someone posted the casting call. And, um, and in that casting call, it, it was calling, it categorized girls from A to D. And the A girls, it was like, you know, like super beautiful, like, you know, super beautiful, like listed all these races, black was not listed. I'm um, like super beautiful, long hair, thin, all this stuff. And then you go down, B girls. <laughs> For B girls, it was like, it was like, you have to have light skin, you know, someone that looks like Beyonce. Which was like literally, I have to scratch my head. I'm like, so something that looks like Beyonce is a, is a B, B girl. Then the C girls, it was like, you know, like, it was like, you know, like chocolate, it was like brown, like caramel skin, like brown skin, like could have relaxed hair. Then you go down to the D girls, and D girls are like dark skin, like could have braids and natural hair, just like all, all these things. And so I read I'm sorry, that. Sorry, also like overweight <laughs> on it. Did you say? Yeah, it? yeah, it was like, it was like, it was like not in shape. Like oh yeah, not in shape. Skin. Not yeah. in shape. And I remember reading that and just having all these emotions because it's like, on the one hand, I loved Straight Out of Compton. Right. And so I felt 
um, I felt almost like betrayed because I felt like this is a movie like for me, for us, for black people. And that was, I feel like 2015, that was before um, lots of like black movies came out. So it was like, there wasn't that many black movies out and this movie's out. And then I feel like, well, here's a movie that I feel like is for me, but according to this casting call, it's not quite for me. Technically, I'd be a D-girl, right. according to the, the, um, the requirements. And when I read that, I'm like, that's what I'm going to give my talk about. I'm going to talk about colorism. Wow. And um, how it's to today in 2018, it's, it's still a thing. <clears throat> so that's how I had the idea for it. And so, in, and so at the time, my thought is like, okay, cool. Because um, in this class, we give the talks to our other classmates. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be an opportunity for me to educate my you know, largely white classmates about a topic that maybe they don't really know about. So it's right. more so a way for me to share a bit more about my experience and kind of how I, what my experience has been as a black woman growing up, as well as to educate on um, this topic. And um, I know it's a, it's a quite personal talk. I talk about just kind of my experience and well, it's kind of what colorism is and what, it, what my experience has been with it and what I hope for the future. And um, yeah, it's pretty personal, pretty vulnerable because in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is just for my classmates. Like right, this is just exactly. a, a way to, to connect with my classmates. And I loved it because after that, I had so many conversations yeah. with so many people like, oh my God, I didn't know about this. This is so fascinating. This is so interesting. And even it was cool, even talking to people of other races and ethnicities. I had a lot of Jewish women come up to me and was like, I really identify with that. Because when I was growing up, I wanted nothing more than to have you know a little nose and straight blonde hair. You know, hmm. but I had you know curly black hair and a crooked nose, and no one thought I was pretty. You know, and so it's interesting how like it struck so many different chords. <clears throat> it cuts across, yeah. And it, it cuts, cuts across, across different cultures, yeah. And so, um, so I just thought it was a beautiful moment between, for me to connect with my classmates. And so the director of that class, he also runs the Stanford's TED program, and he was like, Chica, like. Would you be open to giving that talk at the TED at the TED conference? And I'm like, I mean, you can't say no. No, you say no to that. No. <laughs> and so now here I am giving this talk in this um, in this platform, and then wow. um, and yeah, so then they post about it, and then it just got crazy views. Like it just got people shared it so much, just got picked up so widely, and so now it's like everyone's seen it yeah. and it's, it's just weird because it originally was more so I viewed it more as more of an intimate talk with my classmates right and now it definitely has grown reached a much wider audience than I had right. expected right so I, I get that and that's, that story is, is amazing I, I get that a lot of people I would say women specifically because there's a version I feel like there's a version of that for men yes um, but if we were to keep it in with with women, there's there's a lot of folks, a lot of women that go through that right now. Okay, mm -hmm. but um, they don't. Maybe they're not. They haven't had the amount of mm, actualization or um, self awareness and access to tools to you know to love themselves more mm -hmm. um, as let's say you might have had. That's I know that that's happening now. What would you say is something that could really serve all these women who might be going through that to this day, who yeah. all they do is they wake up in that belief system mm -hmm. and, and the actions that they take, everything that they do is, is tailored to being that, that you're the highest standard, rank as they can be. Yeah. Standard of beauty that has nothing to do with us, but you know, yeah. we're How, judged on those mm -hmm. terms, unfortunately. Right. So what would you say? Because when I look at you, I look at someone who's very confident. You're very confident who you are. You, 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 you glow, you're glowing in your skin already. You're mailing and popping, like you said. <laughs> but you, most importantly, I can tell by the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, the way you walk in. Of course, we all have insecurities. But in general, to me, you strike me as a confident woman. And that's missing for a lot of women to this day. What do you, what do you have? What was something that they need to know? And it's even it's interesting you say that and you even said that before we started filming and yeah. it's like I'm still getting used to really internalizing that because for me it's like it yeah. it's been such a journey mm, to bet. get to the point where I am gotcha. comfortable in my skin comfortable in my hair I cut off all my hair a year ago and it was like a it was a very momentous moment um and just it it was such a long arduous painful journey to get to a point where I do like 
you know what? I'm awesome. I'm um, I look like I look good. You know, like it's, yeah. it took a while to get to that point. And uh, and my hope is like I hope I want young girls to get to that point sooner. Like oh, right, it shouldn't right. take 28 years to feel comfortable in your skin, comfortable in your hair. You know. Right. Um, and I think. I think we're luckier now in that there are, I think, more more role models. Because yeah, even sure. when I, because to be fair, growing up, I think there were um, black celebrities and like you see black people in Hollywood, but it was still within the same kind of that's still that Eurocentric standard Absolutely. of beauty, right? Yeah. Like everyone has trained their hair, hmm? either gotten a nose job or made sure they contoured their nose, fitting or, the mold. You know, like everyone's still fitting the mold. And then, so for me, so here I am trying to fit the mold, begging my mom at 11 to, you know, um, relax my hair, even though that's so terrible, you know, and, you know, trying to do all these things. Whereas, you know, now, like, you can watch Black Panther and see Lupita with her natural hair, and the main character is in love with her, you know? Like, I don't think I ever saw someone on TV with natural hair, dark and like me, as like, an actual love interest. Like, you don't see that. And of the main character. Yeah, that's a main character, not just, like, the sassy sidekick, you know? Right, (laughs) right. But even, like, in... um, I really love that in How to Get Away with, How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. Rola Davis, like, she'll take off her wig. <laughs> you know, because cause the thing is, black women, like, no, our hair does not grow out of our head straight like that. It is a wig, it is a weave, and, and that's fine. Like, that's fine. Um, and so I love that, like, because, no, she'll have some scenes where it's like, no, she'll come back from, no, her work being you know, a lawyer, you know, her cool job, and like, no, she'll take off her wig, take off her eyelashes, and it's like, and we shouldn't be ashamed of that. You know, like, that's that's who we are. Yeah, I know, if you want to put on your wig, go to work, sure. But it's also okay to go home and take it off right. and, and still feel okay. And so I do think that that just black women are getting more comfortable with, you know, how they look, being natural. And, like, we're not all just trying to be, you know, light skin with long hair. You know, like, that. Like <laughs> I am seeing more acceptance. Um However, I, I still think there's a ways to go. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Um, there's still a lot of work to do. And it's, I know for me, because I think about this a lot, like, all right, how do I make sure that my daughters do not feel the way I felt growing up, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And so I know I will do everything I can to surround them with black role models. Like, you're going to see Serena and Lupita and Michelle Obama all over the, <laughs> all over the walls. Yeah. But just... You know, to, to see, because it does make a difference when, you know, you can see people that look like you. Right. And um, and if you feel like, and if it's not as accessible, then, you know, make an effort to, you know, maybe taking them to, you know, a black museum, you know, seeing, you know, black art, you know, really seeing, you know, learning our history, all that to really have pride in who we are and how we look. Um, I think it's, it's really important because I feel like if we're not intentional, Unfortunately, the messages that we get are not the messages that we need to be listening mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. and so it's definitely being intentional. Being intentional, yeah. I just thought about I just thought about the fact that you said okay, so being intentional and in showing your kids, and I know that you are obviously you're you're Nigerian, um, and even more specifically, you're Igbo. Mm-hmm. We we're from the same tribe actually, yep. <laughs> um, and this is probably the first time I'm probably mentioning something like this in in this podcast in general but uh i'm pretty sure that being in that culture mm-hmm. has contributed obviously in your confidence and yes and you knowing yes. that you are it's helped a lot for sure fine the way you are but what in like for those who don't have that mm-hmm. i know you also mentioned hey if if you're a parent go show your kids go show your kids that right mm-hmm. But if someone doesn't know, or they don't, if they're grown already, what can they do? What do you yeah, think no, that's do? a that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I would say for me, how I internalize things is like, okay, I'm dark because I'm Nigerian, but I, I like I love being Nigerian. Okay. I feel like my parents really made sure, as you know, yours too, that you know, culture is very important. Mm-hmm. And I took a lot of pride in it, and so it's like when I'm with my Nigerian community, I'm like everyone's dark and it's fine you know like I like you know I had dark aunties and they all have great husbands and great families so but then it's kind of when I stepped out of that when I'm kind of reminded that like oh but like not everyone will will accept you because of that and so I think it's 
so once again, it's just being intentional. And even, and to be fair, I think it was great that I did have that awesome Nigerian culture to self-affirm me. But I feel like because of that, I don't think my parents were aware of the other negative that also play a role that were that were coming in right and yeah. so like so we never really talked about it had a conversation about it because right. i i don't right. even think that was on my parents radar that like oh maybe yeah. she's feeling negative or lesser than and they didn't to... grow up in this environment exactly though. so they didn't so they grow up in an environment yeah, they wouldn't know exactly so they just weren't aware and so for me yeah. i here i am navigating all these feelings and emotions and like oh my god like why does nobody like me and and all yeah. this stuff and um, I think my parents just, just weren't aware because it's like, well, we're going to Nigerian events and as you can see, like, it's great. Right. But to have that conversation of, well, what, what is that disconnect that you're feeling in school? You know, like, what, what's going on there? And so I think for me, it's okay. So I had that awareness. And so to have that conversation and to really, see, you know, like, you know, how are you feeling? Like, what is, what is going on? Just really, you know, talking to your kids, especially, um, actually, I just did this interview for an NPR show called The Stoop kind of talking about similar topics. And she was saying how, like, her daughter is now 11, and she's like, yeah, and I'm noticing, you know, she's looking in the mirror more, you know, like, caring more about how she looks, and it's like, you know, and Uh I'm going to need to take an active role in making sure that, like, she loves what she sees in the mirror. Right. You know? Like, I don't think it ever occurred to my parents and my mom to make sure that I loved what I saw in the mirror, because it's kind of like, well, why wouldn't you? You're beautiful, <laughs> duh. Like, um, but here in the U.S., we, we, get, we get a different message, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, just, it's a very interesting situation we live in today. I mean, but there is a way for us to go about it, just like you said. I mean, I, I think for me, on the side of <clears throat> being a man, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot that plays into the role of masculinity. And I think yeah. it changes, like, the role of masculinity being a black so funny. I'm about to bring in something. Uh, the role of masculinity being yeah. a black man, a Nigerian man uh, uh, in L.A. is actually different from what I've noticed in, let's just say, New York or Ooh, the East Coast. That. And it's, it's an interesting thing. Okay. And I think out here, like, for example, not that I do this at all, but let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. So if I'm walking with my dad the other day. Um, I was out with my dad and um, we were we, we were just going to get something to eat. Yeah. So I was with my siblings as well. So we were all just hanging out. And I'm talking, I'm having a conversation with my dad. And my, and my dad starts to hold my hand. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and part of me is like, Pops, man, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going on in my mind. Yeah. But out of respect for my dad, it's, yeah. you know, is that in our culture, it's. Yeah, no, in Nigeria, dad, you see that. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's in not, our culture, that's it's it not is big deal. perfectly acceptable. Yeah, not a big deal. For two grown men to walk down the street holding hands. Yeah, you said Nigeria. Yeah. As friends, yeah, it's it's so it's so common. Mm-hmm. Um, but here is just interesting because there's like this, like you know, and I was even watching this other show. What show is that? It's a show with Gabrielle Union on BET. Uh, um, I think it's uh, what Being is Mary it? Jane. Being Mary yeah, Jane. I'm reading her book right now. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, oh the new book. Oh, I got it. What's what's the name? Her, the, it's called We're Gonna Need More Wine. And oh, talk about it. like anecdotes it's, from her childhood, and it's 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 crazy because also as a, as a dark skinned black woman, so yeah. like I feel like she's kind of who a lot of dark skinned look up to, like oh, Gabrielle Union, yeah, and she's talking about a lot of these things, and it's crazy that like she's going, she went through the exact same things that I was going through, but that was like 15 years ago, hmm. you know. So to see that in 15 years, things still hasn't still. changed. So I'm like, ah, oh. it's still the same. Yeah, very <laughs> interesting. Yeah, so in that show. Um, I just remember a scene where he had, she had her boyfriend, the guy that's from the UK. There's a, there's a scene where. Oh, yeah, he's, he's Nigerian. Oh, the, like the actor? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, but yeah, yeah the, her British boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the British guy. Oh, that's crazy. That's cool to know. Wow. Well, that's cool. So he's on the couch and he's got, he's asking for tea. He says mm-hmm. he's going to make some tea. Mm-hmm. Yo, she completely like makes fun of him for it, <laughs> yeah. right? He's like, you make tea? Like, <laughs> Like what? What the heck? Like you making tea, and then and then he sits down. You know he's not mm-hmm. offended at all, but he's just kind of just it's hysterical to him. Like he's it's funny. Yeah. He's just like, what's wrong with that? So he challenges her thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. But then he goes and crosses his legs when mm-hmm. he's sitting down. The, the this type of cross. And, then, and then, yeah, yeah, like that exactly. <laughs> not like the wide one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but not like the wide one, but the but this one. Yeah. Which is, to me, I was like, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Like that's. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that to me. 
But then she goes like, look, see, there you go again. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go again doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just laughing. And he's like, and so he challenges the idea of what a man looks like, right. what masculinity mm-hmm. is. And so it just made me think, it's like, dang, it's so interesting because when I walk around, the way I talk or, or the way I connect with men, women, people always say it's so unusual because I, I, I think growing up in this culture, guys are taught to just be one thing and just be tough or whatever that is. And vulnerability has been so lost. And it's, it's it's just interesting. That's all. That's could be a whole nother conversation. And I will say when I first saw your, uh, like your, your, these episodes and these videos, the first thing that that came to my mind is like, this is so needed coming from someone like you. Cause I feel like very rarely do you see like, um, like a black man, heterosexual black man, you know, talking about emotions, being vulnerable, talking about feelings. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I've seen this anywhere. I and I've, I've followed different podcasts, <laughs> right, right, blogs, right. like things going on in the black community. And like, I don't think we have very many voices like yours. Yeah. And that's really important because I feel yeah. like a lot of men feel like they can't ex- show the full range of emotions, right. you know, and really be reflective and all that stuff. So I was like, this is really important what you're doing. Yeah, and thank you for recognizing that because yeah. that that's on purpose. Um, because I just, have, I, as I've grown, I've noticed that there is a, a missing of that. And I just so happen to be perfectly fine with being that, mm-hmm. being vulnerable. Um, and, and, and I think that there's strength in that. There's strength in vulnerability. You don't need, why, why do I need to act tough? Like, now, don't get me wrong, if anything popped off, I don't have to do it. You know, it's not a problem. But, but you know, but it's not even about that. It's, yeah. it's, it's about being truly uh, uh, in tune with how you feel, what you feel, and being able to express that. Because at the end of the day, there is an outlet. Like, you need an outlet for these, um, for men, for, the, for emotions. Yeah. And that's why men go through so many problems today. It's because... Um, emotionally, they don't feel like they have the permission to to release and to you know let out things, um, even to cry. Like, I have no problem crying, you know. Hey, Loki, I'm gonna tell you something though. Black yeah. Panther is crazy. Uh, yeah, but in Black Panther, let out a no few tears. In case people haven't yeah, seen it. I'm, not, I'm not gonna say it, but in Black Panther, I let out a few tears. There's a few. There's a scene, yeah. you know, a few tears. But hey, I was like, you know, guys, dang man, that really made me think of. That scene really made me think of my dad. I didn't spoil wow. anything, but it really made me think of my dad. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's just, yeah. It's. I just wanted to tie this in because I know that you've you've had to go through quite a bit mm-hmm. to grow into who you are today, like in how you feel, how you feel on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I just want the people out there to know, like, man, you got to do the work on yourself. Would you agree with that? Yeah. No. Most definitely. It's. Um, yeah, like you, you have to do the work. Like I, I really had to yeah. do the work of um, being comfortable with myself mm-hmm. and um, and intentionally, you know, not letting the negativity get to me. Intentionally saying, you know, I'm not going to seek out outside validation. Like really being like, you know what? F what other people say. Like I remember when I cut my hair. I'm like, the first thing that comes to my mind is like. I don't have a husband. This is only going to delay it even further. Like, <laughs> who's going to like a girl with no hair? But I'm like, but you know what? I don't care because I'm doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and those that can see that will, will be drawn to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so just really not needing that external validation and me being comfortable with, with who I am. Um, and also like, kind of having to face my own internal demons, right? And really think about, like, really, really, like, what it, like, what am I scared of? And, like, hmm. what is the worst that could happen? Okay, and what if it does happen? And, and then, then what? 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 So no one asks you out, so? I'll be in the same position I am right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, hey. so, but now I'll be happier, <laughs> less time, less money spent, like, it's, you know? And so, and just really, really having to be honest with yourself, look at yourself right. in the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. Wow. That's, that is so profound. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really cool to hear that. And I'll, I'll tell you something, you know, it's, it's about, to me, it's about like you cutting your hair 
I mean, I get it. I get that hair for women is a mark of beauty or whatever you want to call it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it takes. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't take away from you necessarily, because to me, it's all about looking your best from from obviously from the outside. But that starts on the inside. Mm -hmm. It's like looking being at your best from the inside and having that radiate because people like even me, when I as a guy, when I look at women, I might see a. I might see what I, someone I would consider pretty, yeah. but it's funny because the, the next thing is a vibe. Like, okay, is there a vibe at, yeah. at all? Like, and, and as soon as I pick up on a negative vibe, the looks don't matter <laughs> at all. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then there's, there's people who, you know, there's someone who's, who's really attractive to me, for example, then I'll, I'll pick up an, a really good vibe and they're even they appear even more attractive because of the vibe. So yeah. I just I just think that it's just amazing what you've done. It's it's cuz it really is about on the inside who are you? Yeah. Who are you? And I yeah, I feel like if that's something I could tell young people is it's so easy when you're in like high school or something to think that like oh my gosh, you know, all the guys like this girl. So if I if I look like this girl, then my life will be perfect and it, it took me so long to realize, like, that's not true. Like, someone will like you for truly for who you are. Who you are. And they'll see yeah. that if you're comfortable with who you are, then they're going to be comfortable with who you are. Yeah. And it's like, it's just so hard because, like, I know people have told me that, but I'm, but I'm just like, you don't know how it is. <laughs> you don't know what it's you like. Don't know. <laughs> but now I'm like, that is so true. Because I will say, I think the quality of people that I've met has mm. definitely gone up since I've cut my hair. Oh, wow. Yeah, there it is. Because, um, because, yeah, because I feel like now it's like I, I do feel much more confident. I feel like I'm, I am attracting those types of people. Um, and so now I'm just like, dang, I, I, wish I, I wish I knew these secrets back when I was young. And so it's like, so I'm really trying to think, all right, how can I, you know, get my younger cousins or the young women that I mentor to let them know that, you know, just as you are right now is beyond perfect. Right. And people will gravitate towards that. And the thing is, like, if you're going, like, as you try to pander to what you think is beautiful or whatever, then if someone's attracted to you for that, that's not fun because that's not, you know, truly who you are. It's not who you, you are know? in you, the first place. Right. Yeah. Like, you want someone who's attracted to who you are as a person, and there's going to be plenty of people who see that. Right, right. So um, it's like, now I know that. I'm like, oh, wish I would have known that 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's change some gear. Let's change the gear. Uh, and go into the conversation of, okay, so you, I know you went to, for undergrad, you went to Harvard. That's number one. Okay, good. Thank you. <clears throat> and then you finished grad school uh, at Stanford. Mm -hmm. Okay, so these are two top elite schools in the world. Okay. Young black woman mm -hmm. who's gone through these uh, schools and you've graduated you've and you've made something of yourself. You know, um, you're working for a, a, an amazing company. I mean, you, you're you're good. Now, I wanna I want to know about your journey though yeah. through that because <laughs> I went to a school called Cal State LA, mm -hmm. and uh, my bachelor was in I got my bachelor degree in nursing, mm -hmm. and I was the only black male in that class. Okay, and I remember the times, the plenty of times where you can tell like people were having conversations like, "Yo, you know, you want to meet after this, this, that," and. I would say that I would ask them the same thing, mm -hmm. and um, they would say okay. But then, magically, I wouldn't. I, I, I just wasn't invited to these circles. Like, so I didn't much have yeah. academic support when it came to nursing. So I had to figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that I don't know if the same thing happened for you, but I can imagine something like that did. You in you you have to be the only person that looked like you in your class. Is that true? Um, not. Not in, um, not at Harvard and Stanford, but this. Which is good. Yeah, I would say they. I think it was about like ten percent black people. Yeah, so they did have Dang. quite a few. Yeah, it was larger than people that's, think. That's was double mine. But let me tell you what I, what I was exposed to that I wasn't ready for, is um, that was my first time really being exposed to like wealth. Oh like, wealth, got it. Like ri like rich huh. people. Whose great grandparents went to Harvard? Old money, old old who money. Who have a library named after them? Like we're living in this dorm. I was like, oh yeah, that girl over there, her last name is the name of this dorm. Like, and I had never been exposed to that before, and um, and it was just really interesting in terms of like 
So if you're saying like social circles that you weren't part of, same in that we like there's social hierarchies largely based on wealth, um, your lineage, right? Like who who is your who's your great grandfather, and um, and wow. seeing that like and that's kind of what the that social hierarchy was and. I was very well aware that I was not part of it. I, you know, I am not part of the rich, wealthy kids club. And, um, and that was a very interesting experience. And the thing is, even within the black community, there was um, a wealth stratification. For interesting. sure. Interesting. For sure. And, and this I, is at Harvard, you yes. say? And I was, and I, I did not know any of that. I grew up in the IE. I grew up in Walnut, next to West Covina, Diamond Bar. I felt like we were all the same. It's kind of middle class. I'm upper middle class. I'm lower middle class. But I didn't feel like there was an income stratification when I was growing up till I got to school. And um, yeah, so I met I met black people whose grandparents went to Harvard. And I'm like, were black people even allowed in the school at that time? I didn't time? Even know. Yeah, I didn't. Even, wow. Yeah, and so there was a huge just class stratification. And just in terms of like the the jobs people got, like I remember I was talking to this this one classmate of mine, black classmate, and I was telling him how like my first job was in Burger King, which it was. I'm very proud of my first job being at Burger King. <laughs> Mine was McDonald's. <laughs> right. Like my sister was at Bed Bath and Beyond. Like yeah. you know, it's everyone's first job. That's when I learned I how to make him. two eggs at once. <laughs> but you learn real stuff. <laughs> so I told him that. I remember this black kid. He looked at me with like almost like disgust. He was like. Your dad didn't hook you up with an internship? And I was like, no. My dad was working graveyard shift at like, you know, like this, you know, local home. Like, no, no, like, you right. know, but it's like, but that's what people talk about, you know? Like they were working wow. at these fancy banks straight after freshman year and and all of that. And so that was really interesting. Just kind of like this whole new class of of wealth and like and that's where I really felt like dang like I'm so it's like I'm black not wealthy like there was no in and and then just so that was actually really hard on me really yeah, trying to figure yeah, out that I social imagine. those social dynamics of um how do you find how do I find my place how do I find my people how do I find my friends because like people were judged on things that I never even thought about and then so going back to being being black at Harvard I think it's changed now, but at the time, like if you want an in with those people, you have to look the part. I mean, you better straighten up your hair, or get your weave, and like you need to look the part if you're gonna roll with those rich kids. And um, and yeah, I would say that was kind of when I and so now I was kind of trying to do that too. Like there's all these like secret. We don't have fraternities and sororities, but we have all these secret societies. Wait, they don't um, have any fraternities. Right so, not not that much. It's not a big oh. presence. We have what's called finals clubs which is pretty much an elitist version. Um, and so typically you need to have, you know, have family money, be a legacy. But the few that break in, you know, you got, once again, you got look the part, you got to all that. And, you know, being a freshman, sophomore, you know, I want that too. Right, exactly. So I remember, you know, trying to get my weave and blah, 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 and like all this stuff, trying to be cool. And it just, um, yeah, I just, I really struggled with the with the social scene there. Um so yeah, it was it was very interesting. interesting. So, what part of that would you say? Uh, what what cha- I, I can see what challenged you the most, but what has how has that shaped you to this day? Like those experiences yeah. with that. I think it's just reminding myself that's like trying to fit into someone else's mold has never gotten me anywhere. So real. Oh my god, it's so real. And it's just like. Yeah. It wasn't, I remember it wasn't until like the very end of college that like I found a group of friends who like, and I, I felt like I could just be myself with. And those are the friends I still have to this day. Like one of my best friends, she's actually my namesake. Um, and yeah, we just bonded over the fact that like, you know, like we weren't quite fitting in. And it's just like, and I feel like I spent so much time trying to fit in that had I just been myself and made genuine friendships and genuine relationships, like that's what actually sustained me. And I feel like it's remembering that, that then when I went to grad school, which was kind of the same, but a ton of still rich white people, (laughs) um, 
But but I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to try to bust into those circles. If they want to be my friend, cool. But I'm going to be myself. Exactly. And I feel like I left grad school with such stronger friendships than college. Because back in college, I was so caught up in trying to fit into right. some mold. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's interesting. The, the things we go through to try to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what it is. Yeah. To try to fit in. And and I can I can agree with what you're saying because I tried I that was my case even in business. I tried to do that for a while and for the first time uh in in a in a long time, I say, you know what? Forget that. Yeah. You know, I'm it's gonna start, Yeah. I'm gonna start this podcast, I'm gonna start it based on who I am. Yeah. And in each episode, I'm gonna be me. Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it how I do it, how I wanna do it. Yeah. And and it's just like you said, what's cool was are the people that you are drawn to you, the people that you draw to yourself mm-hmm. and, and the opportunities that come your way. And it makes me think, it's like, dang, if I had just ignored the noise. Right. <laughs> if I had known, like if I had known to ignore the noise. Um, but obviously we all have to learn the lessons. We yeah. gotta go through it to learn the lessons. So yeah. um, it's okay. That's yeah, it's interesting to hear that. So uh, another question for you is yeah. What is something that you would say, um, what is something that you feel like people are missing that they really need to know? Mm-hmm. First thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is a lot of what we've been talking about and that like you're, you're perfectly fine mm-hmm. exactly as you are. Right. And... Um, there's a couple of times kind of throughout my life when I've had to really remember that and, and think about that. And so I would say for me, so I've always been like a gold star chaser. Like I, like I, I'm like, oh, okay, let me get this accomplishment. And that's how I'd validate myself. I'm like, yeah. okay, I went to a good school. So that, that, means I'm, that means I'm smart. That means I'm, good, I'm a good person. But then at the same token, when you draw all your validation from an achievement, you take failures really hard. Yeah. And I take failures super hard. Cause like I remember in college, like everyone wanted, everyone wanted to be um, like management consultants. Like that was yeah. like a very prestigious type of job that someone that people would want. And so I remember I was like, I prepped, I prepped, I prepped. Like I did everything, and I remember I still didn't get it, and I was devastated. Yes. Like borderline in a depression, so devastated. And like, people were like, huh. like, why are you so upset? I think it was because, like, for me, like, I validate myself on achievements. Then if I don't get an achievement, then that means, oh, then you're not smart. You're not a good person. You're not worthy. You're not blah, blah, And my friend, she had to sit myself, she had to sit me down. Like, no, she's like, you are great. I'm like, you're right. I am great. I'm smart. I'm all these things. And she's like, no, but even if you strip away all your accomplishments, like, even if you didn't go to those schools, even, even if you didn't accomplish any of the things you did, you're still amazing. And that was like, that was like a watershed moment. I'm like, I, I am well, no, but then I'm not amazing. It's the thing, it's, it's those things, things that, that makes you, me amazing. She's yeah. like, no, so that's the problem. Yeah. Like, it's none of those things that makes you amazing. It's you. You, regardless of anything, you yourself are amazing. And like, you know, I guess that seems basic, but for me, I was like, oh my gosh. Because now if that's the case, then I don't have to beat myself up over a failure. Mm. Now a failure is just a learning moment. Because mm. succeed or fail, I'm still amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, in that case, I can try different things. And I could, try different things, you know, yeah. like you don't have to be played so stake with you're scared of failing. Because right. regar- if you do fail, then that just means, okay, that's not for you. Cool, let's pivot to something that is for you. Right. And it doesn't take away from who you are as a person. And like, truly, I feel like I didn't truly learn that probably till just like a couple of years ago. Like it, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was definitely a, a journey for for me to truly think that like, no, my goodness isn't defined by accomplishments. It's defined by who I am as a person. Right. And then if it's, and then maybe it, it comes out through these things, but even if those things don't happen, I'm still worthy. Right. And I really right. have to learn that, yeah. Oh my gosh. I like, hope other people learn that too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, standing ovation. You know what? Um, no, it's, the, I, yeah, I, I could, I talk about this frequently in my episodes, but this this is very similar to what, um, I went through it. Do you think it has to do with being uh, our culture, Nigerian, being Nigerian? Because our, our, in our culture, is very heavy on academic achievement. Yeah. 
You yeah, know. and even like remember you just told me that story how in Nigeria people are ranked and it is very clear. You're at the top of the class, you're at the bottom. Bottom like, of the class. Yeah. <laughs> it's our culture. Yeah. And so to speak, you get treated like for example, I became the the name of the position is called senior prefect. Because I yep. and for those who, who don't know, I was a I was in a boarding school in Nigeria. So in high school I was I was in a boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um I did grow up in LA, but I left for the first time ever out the country to Nigeria and then came back to finish out high school. But anyways, yeah, senior prefect, which is like essentially the president, Mm -hmm. but it was because I was first in class. Mm -hmm. Maybe not just because of that, but it was heavily, um, that that played a heavy, heavy role Mm -hmm. into that. And I don't know, it's just, it was just, I just wanted to ask you, I think in cultures where that becomes part of it, it's because that, that's all you know. And then then you validate because of growing up, <laughs> I feel like my parents, if I got a C or a D or something, I'm getting yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> like straight up getting yelled at. And I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's great that our culture does value achievement, education, all yeah. that stuff. Um, but I think also at the same token, you have to also remember to balance that this is great, but this isn't everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you still as yourself, you need to just grow to be a good person with character you know, with um, with morals, um, it's not just that. Oh, I got an you got an A, and now you're perfect. It's like yeah, but yeah. you also need to just be a good person, right? You know, right. who you are as a person is more important than yes. than your report card. Absolutely, but report, report card is important. Yes, you gotta <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> gotta make sure you study though. Yeah. <laughs> super, 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 super key. So, okay, uh, another question is, what what would you say um, is an investment you've made that you say has served you the most. It could be it could be a monetary investment in something. It could be um, uh, some time you spent doing something or building yeah. something. Or would I would probably say, say probably the investment of going back to business school, um, which is Stanford, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not even. So that's like, because I was like transitioning careers and anything like that, but just because it's, it's two years that you're not working. And so it's two years to really try to think about what it is that you want out of your life. You know, right. like, you know, we, a lot of people go to business school, you know, probably between 25 and 35. So kind of, you know, a quarter end of your life. So a lot of people have, you know, quarter life crises of what am I doing? Um, and so, yeah, I think it was good to be surrounded by, you know, people that I had my group of friends I really trusted. And so we think about, okay, like what what do I want for myself? Yeah. And what what type of person do I want to be? And I'm even thinking about I'm not like I said, it wasn't just about what that next job, but what role does a job play in my life? Because my life isn't just my job. Right. Um and yeah, and to be fair, I think Stanford's their program, it's it's a very like touchy feely type program. We have a class called Touchy Feely where we just talk about our emotions. Oh really? Yeah. It's I like, think that's great. It's like it's like an alternative type of business school. It's very about like leadership and people skills and like really knowing yourself because you can't lead a business, be a business leader without first knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like we spend a lot of time really trying to understand ourselves and what drives us and what motivates us, because then you can that can shine through in yeah. everything that you do. And so that was really helpful to really have that time to try to think about what's important to me. And it was during business school when I, like I said, when I didn't get those jobs I really wanted and really had to think and say, okay, so what do I want out of life? You know, my huh. plan A was I was gonna come to business school and then get this job, but that didn't work out. So so now what what do I want for myself? And um, and so I think those were really two years well spent where I, I think I grew a lot. Yeah. I think I grew a lot. Yeah, wow, well, that's, yeah. Wow. Okay. Chica. All right. So what, um, how do we, how do we find you online? How do you find me online? Um, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm trying to be more active. Come on. You got to join know, the crew. I know, I know, I know. So at <laughs> Chico Coral 825. Okay. So how, how would we spell it? I mean, they're going to see it in show notes, but yeah. it'd be great. C-H-I-K-A-O-K-O-R-O. 825. My birthday. 825. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's great. That's great. And then anything, anything else? I'm sorry, anything. Um, coming soon. We can Google you. We <laughs> <laughs> lost my talk. Um, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, more details will be on my Instagram. Okay, great, great. Well, I just um, but before we before we head out, um, I want to 
ask you one more thing. Mm-hmm. So if if there was a, a billboard, you were asked to put something on it. Okay. And this billboard would be seen by billions of people. Um, what would that be? What message would you put on there? Love yourself. For sure. That's what I'm talking about. For sure. Why? Because I think we can we can forget to. Because I feel like definitely living in Hollywood, a lot of the billboards I see are, you know, Kylie Jenner. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And so I'm like, dang, do I gotta look like that? So I want as people are driving along to see, no, love yourself. That's beautiful. See, it's perfect. On the fly, too. You didn't need to prep for that. You didn't need to prep for that. (laughs) So you're good to go. No, no prepping here. (laughs) We're just going straight in. No, um, but once again, I want to acknowledge you, uh, first off, for, wow, like, ah, it's just amazing. At a time where a lot of folks are still struggling to find how to love themselves, you have chosen to be an example. Um, you've done that for yourself first, mm-hmm. and I know it's not the e- it's not easy to do necessarily, um, but you've chosen that. That's the the path you're gonna walk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna be someone that you're for yourself first. You fill your own cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to thank you, acknowledge you for being an amazing example of what that looks like, and continuing to uh, raise the bar in that. And I wish you the best of success. It's gonna thank be you. Uh, likewise. Yeah, and hopefully, I know for sure we're gonna have more and more. Uh, episodes so don't worry this we're i feel like a, a good topic of self-love <laughs> yeah i'm gonna need to knock on your door another yeah. time yeah so we can sure. probably have a group discussion make it something like that'll that would be, really be good that'd be good that'd right? be really fun yeah, yeah. put some thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah give us some time give us some time yeah. we're gonna we're gonna definitely but i just want to acknowledge you one more time and thank you thank you once again All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap done deal. I appreciate you guys being on this episode. Of course, you guys know this episode is episode 22. So make sure that you guys go to thinkalpha.net forward slash zero two two. Check out the show notes. Check out what also you want to check out the video of her doing her TED talk, which is super, super powerful. You know, it's all in the show notes So make sure you guys go in and check that out. And then two. Let us know how, you, how we're doing here. Give me a shout out on my Instagram. My Instagram is Val Ewudo V as in Victor, A-L-E-W-U-D as in David O. And um, we'd love to hear from you there. And let me know once again how I'm doing. But I appreciate you being here week after week. You guys know what time it is. See you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.